Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. I've been battling for the last couple of weeks uh, with uh, injuries and all that stuff. Uh, not having a good time at the plate or uh, in defense. Uh, tried to, 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 to do the best that I can, and, and, and I did it today, and it feels great. I mean, it's, it's, it's not 100%, but uh, uh, I, feel, I feel pain, pain still. But uh, I'm going to give everything that I got, even if I feel uh, pain on my ankle. I'm going to try my best to, to help the team in any way that I, that I can. Well, that was Teoscar Hernandez after hitting a three-run home run last night and making a great defensive play in a 5-3 win for the Blue Jays over the Chicago Cubs. Our friend Dan Schulman, I think, put it best as uh, Teoscar Hernandez touched home plate and uh, went to put on the home run jacket. Dan Schulman said, a guy who needed a moment. No and question. that is... Could could not say it any better. Teoscar Hernandez, who'd become the focal point of a lot of discontent, a couple of misplays in the outfield, uh, a couple of really bad, one in particular really, really bad base running uh, mistake. Had some people wondering whether it was a result of being hurt or brain fart, laziness, lack of trying, whatever. Oh. Um Teoscar had a big game last night, and then afterwards, as you heard him say, uh, talked about that that foot and um, and the foot injury, and and essentially, Kevin, you know, um, it's gonna strap it up and strap it on and go out there and get him. Maybe I, look, look, it's uh, th- this from what we saw last night. Now, the, the great play in the outfield, I, uh, you know, you just catch the balls. It, it is not an easy play from a right-handed hitter you know Reyes hit the ball it's got a little slice to Mm -hmm. it so that makes it that much tougher of a play uh he he caught the baseball that that's what a right fielder is supposed to do in big situations the offensive side of it when he hit the homer oh oh that's why it's very hard to give up on Teoscar like like I know where it's very easy when he doesn't run balls out and and I Jeff you know me I hate saying the word out loud about not trying and man I hate saying that but it does look like that occasionally but then you see him do things to baseballs that just most human beings I know I tried most human beings can't do that the other way like that's just effortless easy quiet lower half and he's just got the like everything that the torque and the rotation and everything that it takes to be a great hitter, you see him do the things he does in situations like that. It's very hard to give up on him. So hopefully what he said there, you know, it sounds like they've had conversations behind closed doors. There's been, I I can't base this off anything, but just by listening to him and what he said, have you ever heard him say that? Like that he's going to try everything he can possibly try to help his team out. I don't remember him ever saying that. So it's obvious that they've had conversations and hopefully – I mean, For I don't the Blue remember. Jay's sake that he he lives up to what he says. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Um, I mean, I don't ever remember him necessarily being asked that way. That particular question. Sure. I, I, I've I, I've said this, and 
I don't like making excuses for guys necessarily, but I do having spent a fair amount of time watching guys play and, you know, in clubhouses there, there is a time in the year. I, I, I really believe there's, there is a time in the year where I mean, guys are just hurt and some guys mm-hmm. react to pain differently than other guys. Some guys, like, yeah, I always tell people, you can't tell me, you cannot tell me that there hasn't been a game where Matt Chapman has probably been less than 50% this year and still played. I mean, a lot of guys do that. It's can you, how much can you tolerate it? Can you still help the team? This is the biggest thing for me. Mm. I don't want you playing hurt if you can't help me. I don't, it, it, it's like a soccer player who goes out there and play. I don't want to have to make a decision 20 minutes into the match that I've got to take you out. That mm. does me no good. I'd rather you tell me up front and then we can address it and we'll start someone else for you. That's kind of where I draw, now you know, you know, you where know, I draw the line. Well, you know, this. fans are going to say, now, wait a minute, Jeff. We've, we've seen Teoscar look like this when he's healthy. Like, looks like a lot. Again, that word I'm not going to use, but we all know what that word is. And it, the optics yes. of the whole thing and not running balls out and baseball IQ and just doesn't look like he's engaged I'm in the I, game consistently. So I, I, I would be with you if we haven't seen this before when he looks like he's 100%. I also don't think, I also don't think the team helped him all that much by fouls the ball off, send him back out there. Take him out of the game, send him back out there. I mean, that... I mean, they gave him a day off after he, yeah, what was but, it, it happened one day. They gave him Saturday off. So they tried to yeah. to give him enough time to. The point is, though, when you do that, figure it out. when you do that and a guy goes out there, I mean, people automatically assume that, especially with this team, because of how much, you know, weight they put on what the high performance department wants, people automatically assume that if you are out there, you are healthy because. We've seen the way they handle George Springer. We've seen the way they get Vladdy DH days, right? We, we, we've seen this team err on that particular side. So most fans, mm. myself included, mm. and I think this does make, and I'm looking particularly at Tosker, Teoscar, I just assume if he's out there, he's healthy. And if he makes mistakes, one, if you assume that a dude is healthy and he goes out there and plays the way Tay Oscar's played the last couple of games, you kind of ask yourself, what the hell's going on here? He's supposed to be healthy. Now we find out that this, you know, this is a situation that, that, that's been nagging at him, which I, I kind of, I kind of expected. Mm. Uh, I, but here's hey, what I think. You're, I, you are right. The, the problem with Teoscar, you know, Teoscar's quite capable of doing this on, on April 15th, of having games like this on April 15th. No question. As, as on August 15th. I'll say this. By coming out and saying what you said and us seeing you die for a baseball and give the effort that you gave to go dive for it, we want to see that consistently now for the rest of the season, whether you're hurt or not. Like this is, we've seen you do it when you're hurt. So continue to do it. That's my. That's our point, and I think the fans that watch this game, uh, especially down the stretch, and I, I again offensively, man, if they can get some stuff from Teoscar and yeah. not the ten for fifty-five with twenty-five punches, that guy, if they can get something, I'm not saying go three for four every single day, but when a big situation comes up and you can give an at bat like he gave last night, I'm just that's always, what you're talking about. I'm I'm conflicted with guys when it comes when guys when it comes to injuries at this time of the year, mm. you know, I, because I've seen too many, too many situations where guys have had awful Augusts, not good Septembers. And then you find out at the end of the year that they're undergoing surgery for a hammy injury or something sure. like that. And you're sh- and Vernon Wells is a perfect example. 
I make this point all the time. Vernon Wells played hurt all the time. There'd be years where you'd go, God, the end of the year, what the hell? What type of year was that from Vernon? And then you'd find out that he was having surgery. So I, I, I do struggle with lambasting guys for not trying. Lambasting strong. Or criticize, being overly critical of guys for not yeah. trying when they might be hurt. But, yeah, the, the point with Teoscar, you're right, is we've seen him have brain farts when yeah. he's when he's completely he's completely healthy he as well. he's very talented. That that's the whole well, thing here is like he you can see the talent. he oozes talent and it's just it's his complete game some of the time just is not meshed together and you see the Teoscar that everybody is dreaming that they can see and the line to line guy and the guy that can do things now, offensively that a lot of humans can't do having said having said that um you know the situation it was tailor made for Teoscar Hernandez no who on uh Pitcher poor Brendan Little making his major league debut. Uh, pitching coaches just come out to talk to you. You've talked about it. In that situation, you're standing at the plate. If you get a good pitch, you're going to hit it. Because you know the pitching coaches. First thing is, what's your best pitch? Trust your best pitch. Go get him. Right? You do that with a guy like Brandon Little. You're not contending. This is part of the learning curve for him. If I'm Teoscar, I'm standing at home plate thinking, oh, he's going to throw me a fastball. He's, it's, it's just, you just know. Yeah, well, you know he's going to try and get ahead. So, so you're looking big part of the plate where you can get your arms extended, and you don't have to pull a baseball. That that's the that's the benefit of being Teoscar Hernandez is if you just have good direction with your steering wheel, which is your bottom hand, and you're quiet with your lower half. You know, he's he's opened up for a reason because he wants both eyes on the target, which is a big thing, and that allows him not to be so rotational with his start because sometimes his upper half follows his lower half, and then he loses sight of the baseball. And if you can't see it, you can't hit it. So you're seeing him open up a little bit, and that's the best time. A kid's on the mound. What do you walk a guy, hit a guy? So you're knowing pitching coaches walking out. Hey, young man, just get ahead. Mm -hmm. That's all you do. And most of the time, young guys, when they tell them that, what, what's the best place to get ahead of? Middle away. Yeah, he'd actually given up an uh, infield hit, but he stumbled the getting the bun, infield fell. hit. Yeah, yeah that. What so it was. you know that he's. So you know he's. You know he's a little rattled. Yeah, and he wants to get ahead, and the easiest way to do that, the target is bigger to a righty, is middle away. If you're Teoscar, you look middle away. You put your best swing on it, and. We also saw Vladdy go the opposite way uh, with a nice nice piece of hitting as well. His first home run think in 10 games. more exciting that he got the ball in the air. No, I'm not a big, I'm not a big uh, fan of no, you're not, beating though. that to death about, you know, he's always hitting the ball on the ground. I think there's certain reasons for that. But it it is, you know, it's a combination for me anyway. The league's made an adjustment. For whatever reason, timing-wise, Sometimes with Blatty, it's just a little hard for him on the ball down to catch the ball out front with the barrel because of his lower half. Like, that is a lot of timing thing. When do I start it, and when do I start it again? I'm starting it back, and then I have to restart it over again to get my foot in an athletic position, to have that little pause, that little separation to where I can recognize pitch, strike, do I want to swing at it? There's a lot of things that go into all of that, and he's just not getting it down on time, and the timing's not there to where he can get the barrel out in front. And that's why you see a little alligator, and he's got the leaning back swing, and that's why you see the ground balls, because there's no length. You talk about good hitters. We talk about Teoscar when he's good. How much length he has to his Yeah, look at Aaron Judge hitting all the homers. How much length mm -hmm. they have in their swing. How many times do you see that from Vladdy? You saw that last night on the 0-2 pitch that he hit to right, right field. 
because he has good extension with that, and it's a little elevated. He was still late on that baseball because he's he can do things offensively again that that a lot of people can't do. That's why he can get barrel to baseball, and he can use the entire field. So hopefully, this is you know things to come, and and they're going to need these guys to take a little pressure off of everybody that's pitching and fielding and. Guys who are not having big years. You know, you have superstars on your team. Springers, Vladimir Guerrero Juniors. Now it's time, I think, this time of the year for them to step up and help carry the team for a while. The Jays beat, uh, well, they didn't beat Marcus Stroman. He was not the losing pitcher. Marcus Stroman did start, though. I, no, I, I don't idea? know. I don't know why they took him out when they 88 did. 88 pitches in the fifth. I mean, through five. He was dominating know. the Blue Jays. I don't know why they took Marcus out. I don't either. When they did. Um, you know, quite frankly, the Cubs are so far behind, I, I don't even really worry about it. I mean, well, if you're a Blue Jays, I mean, you appreciate that. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, Mar- Marcus had, he was, I mean, it was sinker, four-seamer, slider away. Like, yeah. there's no, I'm not surprised anybody. This is what we're doing. And it was a good game plan. Yeah, again, if you're right-handed and you're, you're watching video of the Blue Jays, just make sure your misses are way off the plate. I yeah. mean, it's real simple how to get these guys out, and Marcus did a good job of that. Kevin Gossman. Jay started six innings, five hits, did give up two home runs. Very mm-hmm. rare for him. Nine strikeouts, one walk. Uh, he seemed, Kevin, to, uh, well, he he hit 98 in the fifth inning. Uh, you know, Velo's still there. Uh, but he seemed to use his uh, splitter to both sides of the plate. Yeah, it's new uh, to more me. More effectively this time. I, I think he can. I, well, it's odd that he could. Like you saw Danny m- moving around with it. Normally it's aim big and then let it move all over the place. Now, last night it was, I'm going to set up away. I'm going to set up in. I want it to move in with a little bit of sync to it. I want, you know, occasionally you'll set up down the middle and have the 12-6 bite to it. You could do the same thing middle away to a righty. Like he could actually try and locate that somewhat, have it tunnel a little bit longer. It looked to me like it was a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was on purpose because he he wanted to, it to end up as a strike because you could tell. I mean, the the, the approach is even if you've never faced him before, See it up. If it's down, let it go. Like, if there's no thought process here. That's an easy game plan against a guy that, you know, if, you, if you're if you swinging at that split finger, it's going to be a long day for you. Yeah. And, you know, he hasn't had the slider for a while. That's a, That's been a pitch that could help him down the stretch. You mentioned the two-seamer. I mean, that's 91, 92, 93, somewhere in that range. I like that pitch. I mean, as long as his misses are good with it, it seems like that he's trying to use that to conserve energy to get him a little deeper in games. And the elevated four-seamer. Might have been the best elevated four-seamer he's had in, in a very long time. So, he gave him a chance. And I think that's that's sort of what it is. You know, he did have five three-ball counts, which is not real good. That'll not get you as deep as you want to get. He did have a, a two-out walk, which is not idea. Like, what was he? He was 13 for 22 with, with throwing strike one. I, that's, you know, that's he was good. He was okay. Like, that's... Sort of the way you want these guys to be this time of the year is just give them a chance to figure out that, have that lineup to figure out the other guy and maybe get a big hit when they need it. We will be joined by Doug Glanville in a few minutes. We're also going to be joined by Blue Jays president and CEO Mark Shapiro in the next hour. Anthony Bass will join us as well. Um, Anthony Bass opens the door to talking about the Blue Jays bullpen, which by extension opens the door to talking about Jordan Romano last night. Uh, Kevin, fourth appearance of one inning plus this month. Mm-hmm. In 25 outings at the Rogers Center this year, he's given up one earned run. That was his 10th outing of the month. 11 strikeouts, three walks, his 28th save. 
second in the majors, second in the AL. I believe it's second. I believe it's second in the majors mm-hmm. as well. We have seen the discussion around Jordan Romano in this room and elsewhere yep. change. No question. We wondered why there were so many gaps between outings for Jordan Romano. Obviously, when you see that, you wonder whether it, there's a mechanical issue, pitch tipping, or you know, God forbid, health. Yeah. I mean, Kevin, Jordan Romano has taken a step forward in the last... Well, he's taken a step forward since John Schneider has taken over. Not only is he you know, now going more than one inning, he's volunteering to go more than one inning. He's stating his case. He's, he is acting... And performing like someone who wants to remove any doubt from our mind that he is the Blue Jays' closer going forward. He doesn't want to hear anything this offseason about the Jays need to go out and maybe look at adding Gregory Soto or something like that. Oh, they still need to do that. They yeah, Well, no, but the <laughs> oh, point is, is they, they no, that. they need to add. Yeah, they oh, need to yeah. add more swing and miss stuff. No but they don't need to add. A, they've got their closer Absolutely. is what I'm saying. Well said. They've got their closer. You can do whatever you want. You can go out and add... 15 Gregory Soto's ninth inning, one run lead. Jordan Romano's getting the ball. There you go. End of discussion. And if you don't give him the ball, he's going to go and grab it from you and take it himself. Well, look, I, I think you listen to John Snyder speak, uh, and I think you listen to Jordan. The communication factor is, at least the way it sounds, mm-hmm. is better than it's been in a while. Like these, these guys know before the game actually starts, I may need you to go four outs. Prepare yourself. This is what John Schneider said about that point last night after the game. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's uh, <laughs> he obviously knows when it's coming. And, you know, his routine, I think, in between those innings is is awesome. Um, he goes in the tunnel for a little bit, and then he kind of reemerges with two outs, and uh, he's ready to go. But I think great closers are able to do that, and he's definitely one of those. This is John Schneider talking about Jordan Romano. We had an interesting text last night on Blue Jays talk we asked people are you now all in in Jordan Romano and be honest with us was there a time like Kevin and myself mm-hmm. myself in particular where you weren't all in in Jordan Romano of course people are, you know there was most of the people most of the response was yeah we're all in on it somebody thought though somebody pointed out and said I think that he's become more effective since John Schneider has taken over as manager since he's replaced Charlie Montoyo you had a very interesting thought about that because we are going to get into this discussion. We have been having this discussion. Mm-hmm. Jays are different under John Schneider than they were under Charlie Montoya. Sure. You think, though, we need to take into account the time of year. No question. When we're talking about I think about it's unfair that. to say that. And I'm not saying that John hasn't done an excellent job. I know John better than most people do. The communication factor, that's, what, that's his strength. He lets players know before it actually happens, which is the biggest deal. Like, you want to prepare yourself that I, instead of me getting ready in the fifth inning, I can get ready a little earlier because I know I might have to go four or five outs. I, I just think, you know, with Charlie, Charlie's not going to use Jordan Romano, this Jordan Romano this way in May. He's just not going to do it. Like, what, well, why, do, why, why, why would you, you do think, it that way? Do you, think, do you think John Schneider would? Probably not. Like, I, I think right. there's a process of where, because this Jordan Romano doesn't look like the Jordan Romano we saw early in the season. No, he doesn't. Like, he was working through all of these, and quite frankly, stuff wasn't good enough. I'm mean, going to be honest about it. 
Like it was 94 to 99, and it was more 94s than it was 99. I was the first one to raise my hand because I faced 94. It's easier to hit 99, and that makes the slider easier for me to take or hunt. And if a good hitter's hunting the slider because he's not respecting the velocity, it makes it that much easier to either take it or go back leg city on it. So I, I just – look, do I think that John is doing a really good job of the communication thing, and I, do I think that he has his players buying in on what they're, what they're selling? Absolutely. But do I think it's fair to compare the two when it comes to parts of the season? Absolutely not. And I don't, I don't feel comfortable enough having that conversation. I think you have to handle – parts of the season differently. And I'm not sure that John would have handled it any differently the way Jordan Romano started this season, other than the way he's ending his season. Explain to me, explain to the layman, how a guy can actually see an increase in velocity the more he works. Because we've seen that from from Jordan Romano. The velocity, there's been an uptick now in velocity. He's getting it. It's heavy consistent. That's, That's consistent, thing. right. Uh, explain that. Because I think a lot of people would assume that, well, the more work, the harder it is to bring that energy that gives you that velocity. I think he's always had the velocity. It's just mechanically, can he figure out some way and routine-wise? Can he figure out those two things to consistently get the release point that it would take to maintain 99? He's always got 99 in the tank. He's always had that. We've it's seen just it. just maintain the it's release It's maintaining point. The, the mechanics. He's a crossfire guy. He's not as much crossfire now as he used to be. Like crossfire means I step one way, I throw across my body, and it's hard to repeat that. That's why you see a lot of, used to anyway, falling off to one side of the, the, the mound and just trying to force velocity. Mm -hmm. He is a guy that lets it eat, turns around, and is not afraid to tell everybody, I'm hunting the scoreboard. I want to know what it looks like because that, that tells me whether I'm doing it right, what I'm doing off the field is translating here, and will, will that allow me to throw my slider as much as I want to throw it? That's why it turns around. He's not afraid to tell everybody that. So I do think it's a process. You have to figure out your process of what it takes to be the best Jordan Romano, cons as consistent as you possibly can. And I think he's mastered that. It took me 16 years. I still haven't figured it out, Jeff. And, it, and the sooner you figure it out, but I'll say this, give the organization credit that they allowed him to figure it out. You're the first guy that came on here. Why, why, why the heck is Jordan Romano having these six, seven, eight, nine days off? Well, there's a reason why that is. It's basically go figure it out. Like, go down there, and how many times did we see him during that time? Stand on the mound during a game and dry throwing and not doing all the squatting and wasting energy that he doesn't need to waste. So it's you're, you're giving everybody as much credit as possible to get the Jordan Romano. And I'll say this, it's made John Snyder a better manager because I, good managers work from the back down. If I got the ninth inning, I got the eighth inning in Garcia. Now I worry about the sixth and seventh inning, and I got six dudes. Maybe three of them are available. I can mix and match with three of them and figure out to get to the eighth and ninth inning. So it makes everybody better. Yeah, and you got to use those those three batter three batter pockets no to try to figure out who matches up, who's available. I, I, Dan and Buck did a good did a good job last night. I thought of explaining that it was pretty clear. It was pretty clear last night that they wanted to stay away from Adam Simber and Jimmy Garcia. The question is, I'm going to ask you this, and I want to ask people that text us in. 590, 590 is the text There you line, go. If, the if, if the offense gets hot end of September and they're rolling into the playoffs, is this bullpen, 
Now, I hate to say winning the World Series, but I'm going to say, is this bullpen good enough right now to make a serious run at winning the World Series? I don't think they can. I think the Astros are better. I think the Yankees are better. I think the Dodgers are better. I think the Mets are better. Do we know? Here, here's I think I, the Braves are better. So I, I think it would be very tough. But I'm asking, do you do people think that this bullpen right now, the way it's lined up and how they've taken care of the eighth and ninth inning, is it good enough to make a series run it? I'm going to give you, <clears throat> pardon me, I'm going to give you four options. The offense, the defense, the starting pitching, and the bullpen. If the Jays are to go on a run in the playoffs, and by run, I, let's say go to the World Series, just which of those four components will have to be just outrageously good? Which of those four components will have to take the lead in getting this team here? Obviously, you got to be good in all four categories. Yeah. I get that, but but what is the thing that you say the Jays have to have to go on a run in the playoffs? You want me to answer? That? Yes, pitching and defense always be that way, and timely hitting. And timely hitting means George Springer, like. <laughs> How's that? Starts with pitching, though. Uh, absolutely. No question. You see how good this team looks when their starting pitcher's good? Yeah. I mean, me how much better you think it would look if, it, if they're in the playoffs and they're facing teams who they're in the playoffs for a reason? Like, yeah, you know what you're going to get and how good you have to be at pitching and how good your at-bats be. And, oh, by the way, how good your defense has to be. Pitching and defense and timely hitting and that timely hitting, for me anyway, is why you gave that guy leading off $150 million is for October. So I'm going to go with Springer. Pitching and defense. Can I say two and a half? No. Or two and you a got third. got to pick one. Well, I'll say pitching. There you go. Starting pitching relief. Oh, man. I can't say both? No. Okay, can I say Can I say the big three? Can I? Okay. I'll say, I'll say Barrios. Yep. Jordan Romano. Okay, I'll go with that. They're the keys. I think the first two guys in, in Manoa and Gosman are going to be what we thought, what we yep. think they're going to be. I okay. think Romano continues I'll go with to have that. to be solidify the ninth no matter who he's facing and Berea. I'll go with that. Mark Shapiro is president of the Toronto Blue Jays. Anthony Bass is a Blue Jays relief pitcher. They'll join us in the 11 o'clock hour. But when we come back, Doug Glanville of ESPN, the Marquee Sports Network, and co-host of the Starkville podcast, he'll join us as well. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Everything you need to know about the Blue Jays. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Deep right field. Ward back. Turning. Looking. See ya. Number 51. Aaron Judge, a three-run home run. And the Yankees lead 7-2. That was Michael Kay with the call last night. Aaron Judge, his 51st home wow. run for the New York Yankees. So, Kevin, we've got 32 games left in the regular season, I think, for the Yankees. Aaron Judge has 51 home runs. The major league record for home runs in a year is 73 with Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, 70, Sammy Sosa, 66, McGuire, 65, Sosa, 64, mm. Sosa, 63. Roger Maris has hit 61, home, hit 61 home runs. 
1961, 61 and 61. What to you is the major league home run record? What does Aaron Judge have to hit th- this year? What does he have to, to hit? be the single season well, home run leader? Well, is now he ain't getting seventy three, but those numbers were put up during the steroid era, uh-huh. right? Bonds, McGuire, Sosa, McGuire, Sosa, Sosa. So the top six single season home run seasons put together by hitters were during the steroid era. Sure, for a lot of people, it's the same thing as the yeah, old yeah. debate around Aaron, the old debate around Aaron, and 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 Bonds. Uh-huh. Jim Car- or if Judge, if Aaron Judge hit sixty two home runs this year. Do you think there will be people that will say he's the new home run? No. Okay. I th- because I, I think we we can both agree that there's probably people that use steroids in the Hall of Fame. 73 for me is the number. Now, whether you like that or not, that's that's what I think. Do I think he'll hit 60? This is what I think about that. If you're a contending team, a team that's trying to make the playoffs, and you let Aaron Judge beat you, there's no – why would you ever do that's what mm. I said the the pitches that he probably will never get down the stretch here because you make other people beat you uh, that's what I'd do if I were a manager let's bring in Doug Glanville of ESPN the Marquee Sports Network he's also co-host of the terrific Starkville podcast Great. and he joins us on uh Blair and Barker Doug we're going to start you out with an easy question because this does get into the whole <laughs> oh, yeah, how do you easy. view baseball history <laughs> it gets into the whole you know the whole the morals and all that uh-huh. but I I'm I'm going to ask because you know Doug there are people if if Aaron Judge had mm-hmm. 62 home runs there are people who are going to write and are going to say, well, Aaron Judge is now the legitimate single-season home run king because for the aforementioned reasons. If they said that to you, Doug Glanville, what would your response be? Uh, well, you guys are great. It's a great question, too. Um, th- this is what I think the, the challenge is with it. it. Like, it's hard to take the numbers off the board, right, the, the, the way steroid era played out. You didn't, there's all these people that we didn't even know used, right? Got caught, didn't get caught. Like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. That's what's sad about it. So I think what's happened with the 73 is it's still 73. It's just a, it's just a diminished, it's diminished in meaning, right? Because we question everything now about what happened in that era. And so some people may say, it's, you know, whatever, do everything you can to win. But for the most part, you look at that era and you just have doubt. You just have doubt of the authenticity. And so what I would do, uh, if I'm the Yankees, um, I would I would absolutely throw like a ticker tape parade if he breaks the Yankee record, right? Roger Maris. Mm. I think that mm-hmm. that's a way to frame it and in something that's really significant. You talk about Babe Ruth, and you know what Roger Maris went through. It was really hard. And I, I think that not only makes it something deeper in one way, personal, and, you know, also might help you, you know, retain Aaron Judd. Who's, yes who's, uh, you know, on his way to free agency, I think you celebrate it and you make it organizational and it, and it still brings a lot of legitimacy to it. So, I mean, that's where we are. And it's unfortunate that, you know, that's what the choices of that era and the players that used and all the things that happened, uh, it, it's created, a, it's created so much doubt in the things we know we care so much about in the numbers that have always brought meaning to us in, in this game. You know, I hadn't thought of it in that way, and that is that's that that is that is so perfect. It is because one of the one of the the way that I've kind of handled as someone who covered the game during the steroid era, the way I've kind of handled it is I like letting fans put their own asterisks on it if they want it. Fans are smart enough; they can, can they can view numbers 
They can contextual, contextualize and all that. And I love what you said. Celebrate Aaron Judge as the Yankees single season leader. That does make it personal. That does make it personal. And then baseball fans can take it from there. You can, you know, you can take it from there and decide where it stands in history. I think that's the right approach. I think it's absolutely perfect. It makes, yeah, it, makes no, it easy good. to enjoy. Yeah, so like I just, yeah, yeah. yeah go ahead, guys. Yeah, no, well, I, I, I'll ask you this way: How many does he have to hit to win the MVP? <laughs> it's a good question. I mean, I, at this pace, he's in a great position. He just happens to be playing in there when when the you know incredible Shohei Otani exists. Yes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so it, it's just like I don't know what you do with him because everything with Otani is unprecedented, and just that alone because he's so productive on sort of all these fears of the game. You know, I don't know what you do with that. A judge, you know, in an offense-to-offense category, clearly Aaron Judge is, is the most dominant player. And, um, you know, even next to Shohei Otani by, by a, quite a bit, he just has that kind of – he's having that kind of year. And we, I covered uh, – I did Boston Yankees not long ago in Boston and talked to Alex Cora before the game. And we were just trying to understand, like, well, what is happening? <laughs> like, what is he doing? He's like, you just can't – make any mistakes in his zone anymore at all. Like, yeah, you can get him out if you throw that slow sweeping slider away. But when you miss now, he just, he just doesn't miss his pitch. And when you go through his numbers, every category, I mean, runners and scoring is just in pulling the ball late in the game. You know, he's, he's been able to be consistently dominate in within those high numbers in every facet. You know, sometimes you see guys like, Oh, they're hitting 300, but then, inning seven through nine, they hit 212 or running in scoring position or against righties or every category. <laughs> this guy is, is producing. And that, that to me is, you know, that to me puts an exclamation point on what is value because he's showing up in every part of the game, but he's not showing up in any, t- any part of the game where he's mediocre. He's just great all around. Vla- Vladdy last night uh, used Javi Baez's bat and hit a homer. I, I, I want to <laughs> ask you, have you ever done that? Has it ever worked like using somebody else's bat? I, I tried to remember what I did. I think I used a, a person that was really hot. I, I think I wore their socks once, which was a little Ooh. gross. Well, that's a little, I mean, they were washed. <laughs> but, you, know, you, you do every little thing to try and you know, have a little mojo rub off on you and, and you know, have a different feel. Have you ever done that before? And did it work if you did? It, well, I did it by accident. Like, oh. the only times I've ever used someone else's bat is because of necessity or accident. Um, I know I got, I got my, the bat that I found and played through my whole career, I found from playing in winter ball in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, Jose Valentin was my teammate, and he had this bat. It's R219, and I just loved it. It was tapered at the end, and it had a big head, and it was like, you know, 34, 32 or something. And, and that's what I used. So whenever I didn't have that bat, it was an accident. Like I broke too many of them. Uh, they, the order didn't come in. Cause back then you kind of had to be ahead of it and like order your bats and kind of talk to the clubhouse guy. And I think one time we were going to, to Toronto actually on a road trip and my bats hadn't come in. So I used like Jeff Brantley's bat and it, it was, I was miserable. So now one time it worked really well is spring training. I, um, I, something happened with my bat or I broke him or something in batting practice. And uh, Brian McRae, let me use his bat. And he had this complete opposite bat. It was long and thin and, a inch, and, and like a, just like a whistle. And I hit for the cycle. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's awesome. So in, in theory, I should have kept using that bat, but I still went back to my bat. It was just too weird. Um, so, you know, it's just, 
So, I, like Bryce Harper, I don't know how these guys do it. They just grab any bat and hit. I, I just didn't feel – I felt like I needed the familiarity and the consistency sure. with the same kind I, of bat. I used yeah. to do that. Every, you know, they used to have that room in spring training where they'd put everybody's bat in like a trash can and they'd shove them in this room. <laughs> and, you know, you, you, the everyday guys would walk in and get their bat. And then you'd get sent down and, you know, you'd, you'd wait for the clubby to like walk away and you'd walk in this room and it'd just be a plethora of bats everywhere. <laughs> and you'd be grabbing all kinds of bats to, you know, shove them in your bag right. and take them to the minor leagues. So it just made me r- – reminded me of that when I was when well, I was getting well, here, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a term. I know you know these words. Pro stock, right? You know yeah, those words? Absolutely. <laughs> pro <laughs> pro yeah. stock. It's like the, the, the generic brand, right? Just grab it. <laughs> yeah, that you have to bone, right? Those ones you have to make harder. It's, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Right. Yeah, yeah, like sticks, you rub it to get the greens and everything. <laughs> yeah. Tricks, yeah. tricks of the trade. I, it always just amazed me how many guys when they did that. Doug, uh, they take a. They, this yeah. is back when pitchers hit, but they take a pitcher's bat. Like a lot of guys would do that. They would grab a bat, and maybe it's because they say, "Well, the wood's got to be good because it has hardly ever been used and it certainly hasn't had a hit." But I remember a lot of guys. You they grab a pitcher's bat and and yeah, use it. Well, Bob, my my brother went to a tryout and, and ended up with Bob Nepper's bat. <laughs> and that thing, that thing didn't break. He he took it home, and I don't know if he took it with authorization. But, but all I know is that thing didn't break for like years. He just kept like, I mean, so it was it was just a different lumber. And even the pitchers had you know pretty good bats. And now I guess they don't need bats hardly at all. Doug, one of the the storylines we're watching here in Toronto as the season winds down, <clears throat> pardon me, is is Jordan Romano and his kind of his emergence, not just as a closer, but now, he, he's gone multiple or he's gotten four outs four times so far this month. Um, you know, he's he's turned into a guy who is now lobbying. Let me have, you know, if you need me, let me have. Mm-hmm. I, I'm good for four today, right? Just don't don't keep me for one inning. I'm good for four outs today. How important is it for a closer to reach that point? It doesn't mean the manager's going to do it all the time, but to reach the point where you are telling your manager, hey, you know, if you, if you need a little abuse today, I'm ready to be abused. It's it's really important. It's really important, and and uh, and there's a couple of reasons to it. I mean, one is there's a maturation to any any pitcher closer that has to figure out that you know as you get to the crunch time and we're in it now that they need to be able to go to you you know multiple days in a row. They need to you know have that in the pocket. You're gonna you're looking at the high leverage situation all the time now. And, you know, we talked to Brian Snicker this week. I did the Cardinals-Braves series. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, like, he's like, look, early in the season I try to pace you. <laughs> but when now it gets to a certain point, yeah, I, I, I know we're going to have to figure out how to go back-to-back at different days. But then the other thing to look at is you're also setting up the tone for the postseason. Like, if you were in that scenario, yeah, you might have to do that. You might be the best guy. You warm and being out there and knowing how to finish out games. They, they might call on you very differently in the postseason, especially with the days off that are built into series. So I think, you know, Romano's taking big steps, and that's one of them. It's also just he doesn't strike people out. He doesn't strike everybody out. He's like, you know what, let me just – now let me pitch the contact here. Let me use my infield. Let me do – you know, he's figured out a way to kind of, you know, be kind of keep the energy under control and map it out as if hmm. he can go – Four four innings, or, I mean, four batters, or go four outs, or whatever he needs. I think that evolution started to happen when he realized, like, okay, I don't have to live with the punch out, right? And so, I, you know, I'm impressed with a lot of the ways the team is kind of Toronto has has made adjustments. Even some of the younger hitters, Guerrero, 
you know, I mean, they have a very impressive, diverse offense. Um, I think I know they want to shore up the pitching, especially the rotation. Barrios hasn't had the sharpest of your a lot of long balls you see in a couple of their mm-hmm. starters, but you know, this is a really good team. I mean, they play defense. They're they're one of the best in the game at shifting. Like they're very aggressive in shifting defenses, and um, and they're doing it well. And and so. I, you know, and I think that what's, what, that's the optimistic side because even when your pitching isn't quite as sharp, if you're putting people in the right place and you're getting Romanos who are starting to prepare to pitch multiple outings in a row, I, you know, I like their chances. We like to talk uh, best teams in baseball. You know, I think on this show anyway, we agree that the American League is the Astros. National League, the Dodgers have 90 wins. Can anybody beat the Dodgers, you think, in the playoffs? Absolutely. You know, yeah. because, well, look no further than like Walker Bueller going down and, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's the problem, you know, uh, Gonsolin, you know, banged up. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta be healthy. And yes, you know, if they have all their starters in a short series, that's a different ball game, but you know, just, just something as simple as like, Oh, Gonsolin's out, Bueller's out. Oh, good luck. And you got DeGrom and Scherzer go, go get them. Right. Yeah. It's like, that's how quickly your season, <laughs> mm-hmm. your, your 112 wins could mean <laughs> nothing. So, so um, I think that's, that's the problem that they're confronting. I mean, they're, they're an incredibly deep team, Dustin May, whatever you bring up people. Uh, but it's something about having that like sure, sure starter that gives you, has given you all the, you know, all the innings they've given during the season. And, you know, Gonsolin, for example, putting them always in a position to win. So that's, that's my concern, just health. And when we talked to Dave Roberts earlier in the year, he said, we asked him, well, well how can this team lose? You know, something like that. He said, he's like, well, it's going to come down to how we manage them and then people being healthy. Like we are, in other words, we're our only, we're our only worst enemy. We're the worst enemy we can be to ourselves. Because if we run people into the ground and overuse people or people just get hurt, yeah, then, then anything can happen. And, and right now they're, they're kind of in the throes of that. Doug, really good of you to join mm-hmm. us today. Thanks so much, man. Great stuff. Thank you. Good stuff. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks Take a care. lot. It's Doug Glanville of the Marquee Sports Network ESPN, co-host of the Starkville podcast with Jason Stark. And uh, the bat thing's funny. The bat thing is funny. It is funny. I it, can just remember in spring training when you get sent down. It was not only me. It was it was it was quite a few people that would go in that room and there would be bats everywhere. Yeah. And occasionally you get that nice big leaguer who's an everyday guy. Just go in there and take what you want. I hey, don't you know, usually try and say what they're, you want because it's that what you want a lot of. They're, they're, it's, it's, I mean, there's a lot yeah. of stuff that goes on in spring training. I, there there is. A, a lot of teams will also. Now, I don't know if they still do this. I, I think they do. But a lot of teams will also take up a collection for the, the, the guys in the Dominican Academy, for example. And basically sure. all that your, you know, your cleats that are that are that are a little worn, you know, gloves. It's been gloves, a lot of bats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll. They'll have a cart and they'll say, "Hey, this is for the the guys in the Dominican." And, mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of guys will do that. A sure. lot of guys will, you know, will give their the gloves all the time. It's shoes, especially. Uh, I th- shoes are sure. a big deal for for it is gloves too. Gloves too. I was left-handed, yeah. so you know, there's not a ton of lefties out there. But that's right. Yeah, it's yeah. I used to do gloves. I mean, uh, batting gloves was a big thing. You, people, yes, people would want batting gloves, yeah. and everybody wants your bat, which. You know, once you, once you get the winter ball, it's it's sort of you know towards the end of winter ball, you give whatever you want, you know whatever basically they wanted and you didn't want to carry home, you give yeah. it away. It's just it's interesting to see you know because a lot of big leaguers are not nice enough just to give you whatever you want. 
But there is a lot of people, like Jeff Jenkins was really nice to me and would say, just go in there, because he'd get whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just getting on the phone and saying, I need a new batch, and a new batch would be 24. He'd get, you know, however many he needed, he'd get, and it was real easy for him to say, you know, take 8, 9, 10, 11, however many you want, especially beginning of the season. Because when you go to International League, because that's normally where I played in, in uh, regular season in AAA, cold. Mm-hmm. Broke a lot of bats, yeah. cold weather, right? So it was, you know, most of the time, if you're going to buy bats in the minor leagues early in the season, because it's so cold, you get jammed, you change your swing, you try not to swing at certain pitches, you break your bats more times than not, right? And cold bats and, and cold weather, those two things don't mesh together. So it was, it's, a, it's an interesting thing to, to hear how hitters go about giving weigh their bats and how a hitter would take somebody else's bats. It's like, it's like Vladdy. And then you could see Vladdy over there saying, you know, how good it would feel. And it, it was it with top heavy. I think he was talking to Lourdes after he hit the home run and he had the bat in his hand and he was sort of moving it around. And you could see the, you know, you could sort of tell what the conversation was like. Wow, man, this thing feels good. Like it's, it's not top heavy. It's, you know, it has, you could tell the conversation was good about his bat, and then I laughed it off and said, well, man, Javi's not getting any hits with it. He might as well give it to a buddy and let him try and get hits with it. So it's, it was, you know, he's got, I think he gave that to Barrios, I'm sure. Yeah, because it's his brother-in-law. His brother-in-law, right, yeah. So I'm sure. And then Barrios is like, hey, you know, you, you can't get a ball in the air. Take this thing up there and see if you can do it with this bat. It's, it's kind of funny. Yeah, as long yeah, as he doesn't funny. give him all those those bats that have the holes in it, you know, for his, for his strikeouts. But mm-hmm. uh, I... We talked about this a little bit in Blue Jays talk last night. I found it interesting because Vladdy Sr. was famous for just grabbing a, literally any bat out of the bat rack and going up and hitting with it. He just he he nah. had his own bats, but there were times where he would just walk by, grab one, and 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 go up and hit. See, that's a no no now. A lot of the times, I, I knew I played with Jeremy Burnett's, and he would hide his bats. Well, you've seen how guys will bit, guys well, will take their bats down Lourdes into the corner a, with down them. in that corner, like Lourdes and Blatty, and right. there's a lot of guys who don't touch it. Like it's you know you got your your. You're gamer. Like, it just, when you pick it up, it's like a part of you. Like, it's just, it's like that wand where you just stick your hand out and it comes Can you instantly hand. tell? Can you oh, instantly absolutely. tell? When you pick, can you instantly tell when you pick up a bat, not this one? Oh, absolutely, you can. It feels like crap. Like, you can tell, you pick it up, you pick, like, you get whatever the model is that you fall in love with. Because everybody has their model. My Mine was a 271, 243 was a big one when I was creating backspin, and I thought I was feeling frisky. I liked the big head and the skinny handle, and I could buggy with that thing. And mm-hmm. I sort of, that was my my two kind of models. And, uh, yeah, it's just, when you pick it up, it just feels right. Like, it's, you can tell whether, you know, sometimes they make them a little too heavy, it's too long. And when you get in the season and you've taken so many swings, you know right away whether it's too long, it's too heavy, it's not heavy enough, it's not cupped right. You know, some are cupped to make it, mm-hmm. you want it a half. You know, you wanted a, a 34, 32 and a half. They do it by the cup at the end. You can tell the difference just by picking it up. So to, to the long-winded answer, absolutely. And that's what batting practice is for. You use batting practice to tell about your bats, and and that's when you start messing around. Can I use that? Let me see the feel of that thing. And that maybe may change your mind about, you know, a, a certain model that you may like. We've got a big 11 o'clock hour coming up. Mark Shapiro, president and CEO of the Blue Jays, joins us. Anthony Bass, Blue Jays reliever as well. I do want to touch on a couple of newsy items before we move on. Shane McClanahan, I don't know if you saw this, was scratched from his start last night with a shoulder impingement. Uh, There's a video of it out there. He's warming up in the bullpen and throws a pitch, feels something, and he, he breaks down. 
and uh, is taken off. And we're led to believe that so far, at least, it is a shoulder impingement. Uh, Jameson Tyon is going for or was going for x-rays, I believe, on uh, on uh, on an injury. And Justin Verlander went in the I.L. with uh, that calf injury. Um you know, the Astros well, because are, of his age, that's a big deal. Yeah, I, that's for the Astros. That's what Astros I was going to say. Because of how you know the, the lights get a little brighter, and and some of the pitchers for the Astros last year came out and said, "And the lights are too bright for me. I don't like it." Yeah. And Verlander sort of, he's the catalyst. Like he's, I got game one, and I'm going to dominate that. So you hope for if you're an Astros fan. But you know, when I heard that about the Rays. I hate that for the pitcher, that guy. But when it comes to an organization, any organization can handle that's the race. Shane, get, get, Shane McClanahan yeah, was a big, 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 they big the, deal. They, he had, well, you know, he got off to a slow start after the All-Star break, and it was, and they still were winning baseball yeah. games. You know, maybe making a deep run if they don't have him. That may be when that is an issue. But to actually make the playoffs, it's the race. Yeah. Like, they just do little things, and that stadium they play in is, so it's, It'll be, it'll still be interesting, and it's, it's too bad because you want all the best players playing all in the biggest games, and hopefully he comes back and Verlander's back and everybody's healthy. And let's, let's take a quick look at the AL standings. The Yankees are leading the Rays by seven games. Cleveland's got a three-game lead over Minnesota. Houston is eleven and a half up on Seattle in the wild card race. After last night, Tampa Bay seventy-one and fifty-seven. Seattle is a game behind them in the loss column. Seattle 71 and 58. Toronto is 70 and 58. So Tampa Bay is a game up in the wild card. Seattle's half a game back of Tampa. Toronto leads or has the final wild card spot by three games over Baltimore. Baltimore has 61 losses. The Jays have 58 losses. So the Jays are three games up in the loss column mm-hmm. on the Baltimore Orioles. And as we've said, the goal for the Blue Jays is to make sure that those final three games in Baltimore are irrelevant. <clears throat> and whether I, I you know, home field advantage for the, the wild card, yeah, that's that would sure. still be on the table. But first things first, first thing is to make sure that those three games against Baltimore are irrelevant and you can get your ducks lined up for the postseason. Well, Brio's being fixed and Jordan Romano is both going to help. It absolutely will help. Mark Shapiro is president and CEO of the Toronto Blue Jays, Anthony Bass is a Blue Jays reliever. They will both join us in the next hour. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan of the Sportsnet Radio Network, 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.